from B Media Production. This is Business Essentials, practical advice and ideas to grow your business. Welcome to this episode of Business Essentials Podcast. I'm Peter Letts. It's often said that there's a strong correlation between business and sport. And that's certainly proving true for Rodney Eade, as he brings all the skills and experience he's garnered from the world of footy to the world of business. For the few of you with zero knowledge about Aussie rules football, let us tell you that Rodney Eade's been a major AFL figure for decades. From premiership player to 17 years as a star coach, he's learned a huge amount about what it takes to succeed in sport. Now he has a new venture, translating all those lessons into the world of business, and especially for business people grappling with the challenge of change. His business is called, simply, Facing Change. And, by the way, one of our earlier speakers this month played a role in getting it off the ground. Rodney will tell us more shortly. First, Chris Ashmore asks, what strengths has Rodney Ede gained from the rough-and-tumble, highly competitive world of football that he can now bring to business? Yeah, there's a lot, actually, and that's why you love kids to play sport. I think the main thing is being able to be in a team environment, work as a group, work as a team. I think you learn some discipline, you learn selflessness to a degree. You have to be planned and organised, especially time management. And I think you learn as you go along as well. A lot of people have got fixed minds. To be agile and flexible, look at issues a different way and try and um, actually solve problems rather than just do the one thing the whole time. Now, you've always been a firm believer in creating a strong culture, but what does that mean? You know, culture is just your habits, your norms, your ethos. I think it's your identity. People have uh, lovely words when you walk into an office or in a sporting club, they'll have them values, but they mean nothing. It's really behaviours that are consistently day in, day out. Um, so it's actually working together for a common purpose. And it's what you stand for. It's, you know, that's who you are. And I think you now that I walk into a business or a corporation and you can feel it in the bricks, you can feel what they stand for. And that's what culture is. So if you can build that and things go wrong, you know, the culture will actually keep you together. And everyone's got to buy into that. Oh, very much so. No, they've got to be invested in it. And there's certain ways how to do that correctly. I don't think it can be hierarchical. I don't think the, the boss or CEO or the coach actually delivers what the culture is. I think it has to come from the factory floor as much as anything. Well, nowadays, you're, you're bringing your skills and expertise to the business world with facing change. Why the new business? Well, I finished coaching last year and I've been coaching for, in the AFL for 17 seasons and apart from a few other, I suppose, administration roles that I had. Um, had a few offers to be back involved in AFL Clubland. Didn't really rate on my cage to a degree, to be honest. And then uh, a gentleman called Jeff Slater has been in business for 50 years, phoned me and spoke about a joint venture about applying my skills that I've learnt over this period of time, especially as coaching, to actually apply to the corporate world, to be able to apply those coaching skills and mentoring skills to be able to help and assist people. So Rodney, why do you think so many businesses grapple around the issues of change? Well, I think I think inherently people just like to be the norm, just to like to have the consistent, they don't like to do anything different, especially this is a general statement, but the older you are, I mean, you get into a routine of, of life. Um, you see a lot of people just stay in the same house for 40 and 50 years, which is not a bad thing. But by the same token, the world is changing that quickly, especially now, especially technology. Um, it's moving along at a rapid pace. And if we don't change, you actually get left behind in business. And I even get to the stage now that you actually got to challenge the status quo. What we did well 12 months ago and that is successful mightn't work in 12 months' time. 
So you've got to be ahead of the curve. And change is a dramatic word, and it scares people, um, but it's, I view it more about improvement. How can we actually get better? And it's a mindset too, isn't it? it you need to be adaptable, inclusive, and sustainable. That, that's not easy to do. How do you do that? Now, there's a, quite a few different mindsets, but the, but the main ones are there's a growth mindset and there's a fixed mindset. People with a fixed mindset just want to do the same thing over and over again because that's how they get their accolades or affirmation. People with a growth mindset don't mind falling over. They see it as a chance to get better and a chance to improve. So now, now there's ways of embedding that. It's education. Uh, there's constant talk. There's creating a safe environment that they feel in their mind that they fail. And it's a too strong a word, fail. It's about, well, we're going to hit hurdles at times about how you cope with those hurdles and how you move on. Now, one of your Facing Change programs focuses on high-performance team building. What are the keys to bringing everyone together to achieve a really strong team? Yeah, well, I think the main thing is having a strong culture, really have a strong culture that people feel safe in, but at the same time they can express their opinions, and that leads on to the cause. What's the cause of the team? What's the cause of the industry we're in or or the business we're in? Quite a few people in business, obviously workers, clock on and clock off, and I understand that. But at the same time, your executive team or the CEO down to the executive team are the next layer as well. If they can be invested and be able to educate and teach, people will form a bond um, in that team and, and actually, I suppose, become attached to the cause. And then it's up to the leadership as well then to be able to do ongoing and build those relationships and have that communication to keep that going as well. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot, a lot of teams have high performers. How do you manage a highly talented individual who isn't necessarily a a team player? I get asked that a lot when I talk to businesses, especially in the sales area. And what I've found consistently is that the behaviours that are owned by the team or thought about by the team are actually generated from up above. They're not invested in it. So there's no accountability and check for the people who step out of line or don't actually adhere to those protocols or behaviours. And I suppose the big question there, if you've got a, a talented worker who's the best salesman, figures are up, but is late to meetings, uh, is on the phone all the time, uh, doesn't pay attention, don't put reports in, et cetera, et cetera, and that becomes a distraction for the rest of the team. Well, that needs to be highlighted in their culture. What do we want to stand for? What are our behaviours? What are our non-negotiables? And everyone have a part in, to say in that. Therefore, it's peer group pressure can actually draw that back as well, with the leader actually educating and teaching, saying this is what we're about as a team, this is what we stand for. Well, speaking of leaders, you're definitely a leader, Rodney, and uh, you've been one for years. What do you believe makes a great leader in both business and sport? Um, Yeah, there's different forms of leadership, obviously. I probably take a different tack. I I really big on the, the change mentality, I suppose, or the improvement mentality. And I think if a leader can inspire learning, can really create an environment where people are shown to get better, especially with millennials now. People are scared of millennials and how to handle them, and they are different, there's, there's no doubt, but it's not their fault. That's the way they are, and we've got to modify our, the way we do things to get the best out of them. Because your role as a coach or your role as a manager is to get the best out of the individual you've, you've actually got there. So leading is, I think, to inspire learning and have the influence on people, create that environment where they want to learn and improve. And I think the higher you get up the ladder, the more you've got to listen. Don't isolate yourself in an office and think, well, I've got to do all the reports and you actually distance yourself from your workers. I think it's more the other way, actually incorporate. So they feel that trust and belief is built. It's really vital that the people who are underneath you actually value your trust and belief. 
Now, you've had to deal with leadership and culture from the board level to the factory floor. Which is harder to manage, <laughs> the board or the factory floor? It's a good question. Um, many ways, it's harder to manage the board. There's more time and effort put into the factory floor because there's probably more of them. Um, and you're educating and what we spoke about before about getting them on board and feeling valued and they're invested as well. The board is probably, uh, say, at AFL level, can be supporters, such, even though they're very intelligent people, I suppose captains of industry, and they get emotional about it. They like to think they know everything as well. So, And probably not because they're there once a month, say. They don't know what goes on and they only look at the bottom line. So there's an interesting disconnect sometimes from now from board level. And that's where the CEO is vital about the feedback. Um, there need to be some feedback mechanism underneath the CEO as well about what's happening. So, so they feel inclusive and they're prepared to listen as well. But as a coach, managing up and managing down is a vital part of it. Now, do you have any words of advice for anyone in a leadership position? I think the, the main one, probably two bits, is have to be yourself. Be your own personality. Don't try and be somebody else because people pick if it's not genuine, if it's not real. You don't, if you admire a certain leader and they're, they act a certain way, don't try and copy them. Maybe their beliefs, but do it in your own personality because it's genuine and really take an interest and care about your workers and your people. And that doesn't have to mean every day and you go and have coffee with them, but if you know the, each person's name, acknowledge them whenever you see them. Don't ignore them ask them how their work's going, but also their life. Take an interest in them, and there's a genuine care. So therefore, when there's tough conversations or challenging conversations, that's coming from a position of care rather than a position where you're hitting with a big stick. Rodney Ede, Facing Change. And that ends Business Essentials Podcast. So you don't miss out on future episodes, why not subscribe? And if you found this valuable, we'd love you to leave a review. For further information about us, or if you'd like to listen to more interviews like this one, visit businessessentials.com.au. We hope you've enjoyed Business Essentials Podcast. I'm Peter Letts. Thanks for listening. This Business Essentials Podcast has been produced by B Media Production, building engagement and adding value through quality audio communication. Music